Mahomes, timing route, down the sideline, it's caught, touchdown! Brady pumps, looking for Brown deep, and throwing for Brown. He's got it at the 30, the 20, the 10, the Patriots have won! And welcome back to Touchdown with Tom and Will. We're season three, we're episode 11, looking back on week 10 of the NFL season, looking forward to week 11. In this episode, I want to say the theme of this episode is the Arizona Cardinals. And that's for good reason. Not because we always talk about it, not because it's Tom's favorite team and he's wearing the jersey in our little logo, but because they had such an incredible game this week, such an exciting game next week. But there's lots of other things to talk about, isn't there, Tom? Oh, there's plenty to talk about. Plenty to talk about. But a lot of it is on the Cardinals because the big talking point and the big sort of the, the moment of last weekend came in the desert and it's been all over social media so much so that I didn't share it on our Instagram because I was like, bloody hell, we can't be one of another thousand channels all sharing the same catch. Yeah. But it was DeAndre Nuke Hopkins receiving a touchdown pass from Kyler Murray with two seconds left on the clock that won them the game. Where were you? What were you doing? When you I, saw this happen, I, I was sitting here watching it on my projector, and I had some people around, and and uh, well, in my house, in my room that evening, and they left for about kind of ten minutes to go. Uh, and I kind of passively watched the first bit, and then as it got close, and what we should say is, with three minutes to go, Josh Allen passes to Stephen Stephon Diggs for a, a go-ahead kind of touchdown for the Bills, which you think puts them in the way. Thirty seconds, seconds to go. Thirty seconds to go. Sorry, the drive. I'm reading here. The drive took three minutes. But if you're yeah, right, yeah. 30 seconds to go, uh, he completes a uh, 21-yard touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. And you think that's the game. You went mental that when you messaged me. You were like, oh, beautiful. It was incredible. The pass was beautiful. It was, it was kind of their best two players passing to each other. The connection's been there all season. It's been great to see them link up. I'm like, that's the game. Well, fair play. Great game. And they went up ahead in that, uh, in that point. That got them to 30 to 26. And you think that is the game. But the, and the Cardinals have 30 seconds. And as you say, it ends up four plays. It ends up with basically a Hail Mary from Kyler Murray. But usually a Hail Mary, we have to point out, is you get a lot of time in the pocket while all your receivers run down the field, all of their backs run down the field, and you kind of hope for the best. That wasn't what happened here. Kyler Murray ducks a tackle, dodges another tackle, then kind of runs sideways, almost to the sideline, and then launches it to John Hopkins, as you say, who's being guarded by three players. (laughs) <laughs> he makes the most unbelievable catch in the end zone. I think, I mean, I messages to uh, Tom. I wonder if I can quickly get them up on my phone here to try and see what they, I don't think they made any sense. <laughs> I think me and Tom are both kind of narrating the play back to each other. I say something along the lines of, well, there's a lot of J's, S's, B's, Christ alive, what the actual fuck, my goodness. You say, oh my God, I've said the best in the league. There's no debate. Imagine, <laughs> imagine being Allen right now. That's like a 50-yard throw. I think it was a 43-yard throw in the end, and you've said so many things went on that play. I mean, one of the best ends to an NFL game I think I've ever seen. Honestly, and I think it will be the play of the year, to be honest. Like, yeah. there won't be any sort of... And if there is anything that competes with it, then we're the lucky ones. There are literally so many... As I said in that message to you, there are so many things to talk about, about this just one play. But like, I want to go back, as you said, Josh Allen, three-minute drive down, bringing his team to the brink of victory. That was a masterful display from Josh Allen, having been picked off um, earlier on in the half by uh, Patrick Peterson. He then rallied to sort of gather his team had thrown away a 14-point lead as well against the Cardinals. And he rallied and he drags his team back from the brink of defeat and got this incredible go-ahead touchdown, which we thought it, that in itself would have been a tremendous effort. And then Kyler Murray goes the whole length of the pitch but he's got two timeouts. He dumps off a couple to Andy Isabella. And then he has one play where he's almost taking too long. And the commentator's like, he's taking too long here. And he, oh, he, then he's down with 11 seconds to go. And the next thing, apparently, so the play they wanted to do was they had a timeout. Uh, I think it was called by the Bills, actually. So they had a timeout. And Cliff Kingsbury said, right, the play is to Andy Isabella, who's coming across the pitch. Right. Get it to him. Get him out of bounds. Um, about 30 yards out and we've got one more shot at the end zone because if you get out of bounds it stops the clock unless you see that there might be a chance for DeAndre for Hop and it, I, don't, I don't understand how Kyler Murray well obviously it's just absolute trust in the best in the business because DeAndre Hopkins is not open no. there's, there's 
a billion angles that you can watch this on. One of the, my favourite is you can see DeAndre Hopkins waving at Kyler saying, yeah, I want it. And he's got three Bills players around him. Kyler, well, first Kyler has to dodge. There's an incredible sidestep to get around on unrushing defence then. Launches it to the end zone. And then, yeah, you're right. He continues falling out of bounds. And he actually, if you watch one of the angles, he stops and he's not looking the right way. So he watches DeAndre Hopkins catch it on the big screen. Because yeah. he's like in the, in the, not the crowd, he's in the sideline with all his teammates. And then he just sort of puts his arms up in a, to, to sort of, um, to indicate that it's a touchdown, to celebrate the score. And you just see DeAndre Hopkins sort of rising from the midst, his black gloves extending amidst a wash of white Bills gloves. Yeah. And he picks it perfectly. It's insane. It's actually insane. As I just heard to say in American sports, he called game, basically. He said, that's it. That's it. He kind of runs off the field as if he's just, like, ended the game right there. And I think what needs to be given even more credit is the fact that it's not just one hit and hope from Kyler Murray. In that same drive, in that 30 seconds, he's covered 75 yards. You know, it's a 14-yard pass, then a 9-yard pass, then a 9-yard pass, and then the Hail Mary 43 yards. It's the kind of stuff you've been seeing for years that you see players like Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady do on game-winning drives. Joshua Wilson, funny enough, he's playing Kyler Murray this tonight, actually, as we record this podcast on Thursday Night Football. We've seen these players do it for years, and there's so much kind of talking about some players like your Lamar Jacksons, like your Kyler Murray, as people have always said, that are these dynamic rushing quarterbacks that can play the quick plays and are fantastic, but maybe haven't quite got the arm. And now you can, like... Uh, absolutely concretely not say that's not the case with Kyler Murray. He's proved yeah. that he absolutely has as much of an arm as he's got legs. Uh, I mean, it says, it says it's a 43-yard touchdown, but that's only because that's where the ball is um, sort of, what's it called? Like, height. It's where it's, it's where it's, um, that's where the, the ball is pushed back from. But Kyler Murray is sort of 60 yards. Yeah. The distance the ball travels is about 55 to 60 yards. Like, it's insane. It's insane. And it, there's, I don't think there's enough sort of praise we can heap on Kyler Murray. He's, he also, his team were down by 14 points. They never really clicked in the first half. And he scored two rushing touchdowns to put them back in the game. Yeah. And actually, that was what gave them life. And then obviously, Josh Allen thought he'd buried them with Stefan Diggs linking up beautifully. And then, yeah, Kyler Murray again comes up the goods. And at the time, he was still only a 79 on Madden. What the yeah. hell? Absolutely insane. Mental. But yeah, Kyler Murray, 245 throwing yards, 61 rushing yards, two touchdowns uh, rushing, one touchdown throwing. I mean, and this is a game where also we had an amazing pass, or a decent pass at least, to Fitzgerald. that should have been an easy first down. And Fitzgerald's first drop in somewhat years or something ridiculous. About 145 passes. Um, yeah, longest ever streak. So he had all that to contend with. Oh, I'm just watching a slow-mo here, this again. There is no one else he's aiming at there. That is only one <laughs> Part of me does wonder, I don't want to take anything away from it, part of me wonders how not one of those Buffalo players managed to spot it away. But, but the Because Jimmy Hopkins is just too good. Yeah, like, he does time his jump so beautifully. Oh, to so, time the jump from how high and far away the ball is, like yeah. to catch it at his peak, at his height. He's not coming down. He's literally reached his apex of his jump. It's insane. The more you think about the sort of the technical elements. Yeah of that catch, the more it's incredible. And it just sort of shows, I mean, that's why you'd make the trade. And it wasn't even like everyone knew at the time when DeAndre Hopkins moved to the Cardinals. Yeah. That it was like, it wasn't even sort of, you weren't even selling the house. Yeah. They got him for absolutely nothing. And absolutely, it, yeah. it's just insane. Uh, I can't say insane enough, apparently. Kyler Murray as well, some stats for you. He's the first uh, quarterback to score 10 rushing touchdowns since Cam Newton's MVP year and he's only played 10 games or 9 games yep. before they got on their bye uh, I think he's scored a rushing touchdown and a throwing touchdown in each of the last 5 games which is a record Ah, oh, he's on track to break so many records with his feet with his arm he's just such a leader I love him absolutely love him absolutely love him and it, it, it's still uh, two Vega performances from both Murray and Josh Allen and now take their teams to uh, six and three and seven and three respectively. And Kyler Murray taking his team to the top, the very mm. top of the toughest division in football, which I think is just phenomenal to see where yeah. they've come from last year. I think neither of us, neither of our predictions put them topping this division. Um, no. Yeah, we both kind of probably said Seahawks fairly comfortably and then said they would 
very much struggle behind the Rams and the 49ers. They were still a developing team. So for them to be top, not just top after two or three weeks, top after nine games is incredible. And finally, I think the one thing you should watch if you see it at the end of any replay, I don't know if you saw this, Tom, DJ Humphreys, the offensive tackle, yeah. the Cardinals, his reaction, this just look of complete astonishment on his face, just watching it on the big screen, yeah. uh, is one of my favourite reactions. to the touchdown. Eyes and mouth yeah. wide open. Wide open, one of the best kind of, they, they even said on the commentary, that's going to be a meme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we can't talk about that game for the whole show, sadly we're not actually... Uh, about a quarter of the show we've just used up. <laughs> Based in Phoenix, but I'm a big talking points. Drew Brees, uh, obviously, has six straight wins for the Saints, but he had a collapsed lung and he will miss multiple weeks, meaning it's Jameis Winston time in New Orleans, the same way when he had the was it a wrist injury or finger injury last year. Yeah, um, one of his hands. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, injury of his hand uh, that we saw um, come in. Teddy Bridgewater. Bridgewater, of course. Bridgewater come in and earn his place. Uh, at the Panthers now it's Jameis's turn he had that one year contract he's come over from Tampa who's now doing so well he's got a point to prove um, and very excited to see how he's going to fare you think you've written here he's got games against two games against the Falcons the Broncos the Eagles before the Chiefs I'd say those first four games there were a lot worse games you could have well uh, yeah especially coming on a team that won six straight games well yeah it's good for it's good for Jameis in terms of a, a chance for him to prove himself and it's good for the Saints in terms of worrying about whether they're playoff run is going to sort of falter because those you would say are, are three of the weaker teams and four of the easier matches. Um, it's, it just sort of proves that James made the right decision here. So we thought he's taken a massive pay cut. I mean, he was dropped from Tampa, so it wasn't his decision to leave. But he did take a massive pay cut to go to the Saints. He's just hoping for a chance like this in an offense. He's got Michael Thomas back. There's no reason why he can't succeed. Um, and he should get the same amount of time as Teddy Bridgewater did, four or five games. Yep. A real opportunity for Jameis to go and earn back some money. One of our favourite topics is backup quarterbacks. Yep. And this is a classic example of a backup getting a chance to re-establish himself as a starter. And if you look around the league, there's plenty of teams that if he does perform, I don't think would, uh, would say no to kind of not, not throwing the dice on him, but certainly considering bringing him in yeah, uh, as a free agent next year, so a lot of teams that could do a lot worse, in my opinion, depending on where they fall in the draft and who's available to them there, uh, than bringing James, who we will have had five, you know, five years in the league and never had bad passing statistics, other than the fact he had played of interceptions, yeah. which we always thought surely not not being NFL coached ourselves, but surely could be coachable out of him um, when he's got the athletic ability and clearly the arm and the throwing ability. So that's exciting for him. Um, and then you finally we want to say who is going to win. After talking about the Seahawks top, sorry, the Cardinals topping the best division in football, who is going to win the worst division in football? Because it is still completely up for grabs, the NFC East. It is such a bizarre division. We've currently got the Eagles topping it with three, five, and one. Then the Giants are on three and seven. And then Washington and Dallas are on two and seven. So, I mean, all four, all, all four teams could very easily go on a run and win this. I mean, are the Giants looking slightly better because they finally beat a team that weren't Washington? It's been thrown wide open, Will, because yeah. of that result. And Danny Dimes, he's not, thrown, he's not had a turnover in two games, which is his um, longest in his professional career, which is, it's, I mean, it's positive. It's obviously yeah. a good sign. The, the, the division is literally there for anyone who wants it. Like, yeah. last week, I was like, Eagles, it's there for you to take. Giants come in and beat them by 10. Like, it's there for the Giants. They've got, I think their defense is pretty good. They're, especially their defensive line. They spent a lot in the last few drafts on their defensive line. And they've obviously got now Danny Dimes, who's also, he's, he's sneaky quick. Like, he scored a lovely rushing touchdown. Yeah, well, he's not falling over halfway there. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, got, he's got some legs, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But I, I don't know. I'm, I'm quietly, I could, I could buy some giant stock right now. I mean, let's be honest. They're not going to go far in the playoffs because they'll come out against the fourth seed and it'll be like, yeah, Rams or potentially even the Seahawks, maybe. Um, well, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what they've got next. They've got a week off, which obviously all NFL teams relish in turn out break, especially at this point in the season, November football. Um, then they've got the Bengals, which Ooh. I don't think will be uh, too bad for them, especially with a week off. Then they face Seahawks, Cardinals, Browns, Ravens. Oh. Which is a... <laughs> run of four games can four wins be enough <laughs> yeah. can four wins be enough and then they will finish with a showdown with Dallas so I mean it could all come down to I mean it, you know they've made it now so that 
you know, all that last week games are all divisional matchups, aren't they? So it'll be yeah, them yeah. versus Dallas and Washington versus Eagles on the last day. I can still see it coming down to that completely. It's oh, so tight now. Uh, I really can't see any of those teams putting together a run, especially Philadelphia's team we thought we would. The team we predicted to win this game, they didn't, uh, losing out 27-17. So, you know, it's up for grabs, 100%. And, you know, it wouldn't be a bad experience for any times to get some playoff football, but also they could get absolutely brutalised <laughs> by whoever they face. I mean, I think everyone thinks that whoever wins this division is going to get absolutely marmited. But yeah. we'll just have to wait and see. Can't, they can't all have good draft picks. It's impossible for all four of these teams to have good draft picks. So they can't, they can't tank as such. I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be at the bottom. Uh, but, but they can't all have good draft picks. Currently, they're all in, the, all in the bottom 10 currently. So they'll be top 10 draft picks. But... Do you know if someone, let's say, I don't know if you know, but if the, let's say the Eagles qualify for the playoffs, playoffs with let's say a five and Ooh. eleven record, they then become the sixteenth seed. No, well the the seventh seed. Sorry, yeah. does that mean they go up way up the draft pecking order, or is it all on record? It can't be all on record. No, it's not on record. Champion. Surely before record, the playoffs, people run, runners up get the very first pick, etc. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. It, could it actually be bad? Yeah. What is the advantage for any of these teams? To sneak, let, let's say you're currently Washington, right? And you're two and seven. And that currently lands you with the sixth best draft pick. Yeah. And and two wins gets you to four and seven. You're still about there. Let's say let's say they get three more wins. No, no. Let's say four more wins. Six gets you. Six gets you a playoff. If you've only won six games, you're looking at a top ten, top twelve pick. Yeah, but suddenly they'll be the fourteenth best team in theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you ended up with the, the 18th pick. <laughs> That's crazy. That is an interesting dilemma. Talking about draft picks quickly, did you see the thing about Yannick Ngogwe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so funny. Yannick Ngogwe traded from the Jaguars to the Vikings and then literally within two weeks, I think. Yeah, or, yeah something like that. Moved on to the Baltimore Ravens. Something to do about that being where he's from in the first place. I'm not really sure why he didn't go straight from Jaguars to the Ravens, but it's irrelevant. Point being, there's a clause in the trade involving the Jaguars bit of it. All, all the NFL trades have tons of little add-ons and stuff, like you see in football contracts these days, goal bonuses, do they get Champions League football, all of this kind of thing. There's a clause in the trade that if Yannick Ngugway makes the Pro Bowl, the Jaguars get a better pick from the trade they made with the Vikings now via the Ravens. So, yeah. And the Pro Bowl is fan vote. So... <laughs> There's now this, there's now, and, it, and it, it, this, it, it doesn't affect the Ravens really, it affects the Vikings. So there's now this alliance apparently of Jaguars and then Packers, Lions, and Bears. Uh, Bears obviously, the other teams in the NFC, uh, NFC North to vote Yannick and Godgrey to the Pro Bowl because it will dis- negatively affect the Vikings and benefit the Jaguars. And I just think that's so funny. It is so funny, honestly. It's, it's, also, you can just see it happening the way the oh, internet yeah. is. Oh, wait, uh, for, for, for anything, to, for a draft pick to go on a fan vote sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, that's it, isn't it? Bonuses are like determined massively by these making the Pro Bowl and these fan votes. Like, this could be players' lives basically yeah. done by a fan vote. I think it's, for, it's for the fans, Will. It's for us. It is for the fans, and, and we should be voting our Pro Bowl, and we should be making our own Pro Bowl teams, maybe. Oh, a, yeah. Future feature in the show. Um, but I feel like we should move on to wrapping up the rest of the games that we haven't talked about yet um, <laughs> because we did spend so much time on Bill's Cardinals because it was pretty epic. But there are some other things uh, worth mentioning. So it's time for our 20-second roundups, Tom. Uh, yes, I need two seconds. I need to get my stopwatch. Yeah. Tom's going to go with stopwatch. If you listen to our roundup last week, you'll have heard we now have a lovely little kind of humming music underneath, which I hope you enjoyed. Help kind of... Uh, uh, not not humming. It was better than that, but it was it was free. It, was, it wasn't great. It was, it was a, a a nice little audio sample to kind of keep us ticking along. Uh, so that's that's going to stay in. Um, right. Are you ready, Will? I've got my stopwatch here, ready to go. Yep, I'm ready with mine. So we'll start now with the Colts with the Titans. Colts beat Titans 34 to 17. They actually won the second half 21 nothing. It was that dominant. Uh, the Colts went for on fourth down five times. Rivers had a fantastic game. Goskowski missed another field goal. Uh, and the Colts looking very, very strong. The Broncos Raiders. Why did I take the Broncos? I've absolutely no idea. The Raiders ran all over 
the team from in their division. Drew Locke has now got the worst passer, passer efficiency in the whole league. Uh, Rainers looking really good and possibly a team that we slept on at the start of the year. That's Tom's future MVP, Drew. <laughs> uh, the Giants beat the Eagles, as we said, 27-17. Uh, Danny Dime wins his first NFC game, not against Washington. He was not in five in previous ones. In eight of the Eagles' nine games this season, they've allowed three sacks, which shows how difficult it is for Carson Wentz to get going this year. Big win for the Giants in that division. The Chargers lost to the Dolphins 21-29. to Dolphins were brilliant, especially in the first quarter. They scored a touchdown on their first drive, and then they got a special teams punt block, which set them up to go 14 and 14 to nil up within seconds of the game really starting. Uh, Tua could make a playoff run. The Bucks beat the Panthers 46-23, but like Colts Titans, it was a story of the second half where they absolutely blew the Panthers away. It was 17 all at half time. Ronald Jones, the second, had 192 yards with a beautiful punt return. Brady looked very, very good again. The Bucks looking like they're going to pull away from the rest of that pack and kind of leading the chase in the NFC. Will they catch the Saints? Only time will tell. The Bengals lost to the Steelers 10-36. Bloody good I didn't pick the Bengals here. I was really on the edge last week, which would have been disastrous. Pittsburgh go 9-0 for the first time in franchise history with the Jags to play this week. Luckily, I did not watch the Browns-Texans. It was Browns 10, Texans 7. It was actually only 3 nothing at the end of the third quarter. I kept thinking the game was paused because I kept looking at the score. <laughs> nothing happened. I thought it might be some sort of career-ending injury or a blizzard or something had happened anyway. The story of the game really was Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt having 100 yards each rushing, which got the Browns over the line, I guess. But yeah, not a great showing, Cleveland. The Browns win another game against a bad team. 49ers lost to the Saints by 13 points to 27. It started so well for the Niners and Nick Mullins, who's obviously in for Jimmy Garoppolo. They scored on their opening drive, but then the Saints asserted their dominance. Breeze did, as we mentioned, suffer a collapsed lung and it looks like it's going to be Jameis' opportunity for the next few weeks. In a crazy game in Detroit, the Lions beat Washington 30-27. to uh, The Lions finally break their duck of losing four or five home games in a row. I'm gassed for Alex Smith. He came back, played the game for Washington with 390 yards. Couldn't quite get him over the line, but that's really fun to see. Good to see from him. Uh, great game from Matthew Stafford. Three touchdowns for him. Detroit are four and five. As we say every week, meh, Detroit. Yeah, not much more to say than that. The Rams beat the Seahawks. It feels good being right, Will. We both yeah. picked the Rams here, which is quite incredible. I think it's because... We can't believe how bad the Seahawks' defense has been. And it's really making it difficult for Russell Wilson, who looks to be losing his grip on the MVP race. Two more interceptions. I think you've got a stat after this that will be very interesting for the listeners. The Jaguars, I don't actually have a score here, but the Jaguars lost to the Packers. It was a lot closer than before. It was 17-17 going to the fourth quarter before the Packers just about pulled away. Um, Devontae Adams is unbelievable. He's had 49 receiving touchdowns since 2016, the most of any wide receiver. Uh, and there's a beautiful punt return, though, from the Jaguars. Keelan Cole, 91 yards. I do love watching those. But there was a pretty pathetic tackle attempt from the kicker, which we should talk about after this recap. The Ravens lost to the Patriots 17-23. This one we didn't pick correctly. Both taking the Ravens. It was absolutely lashing it down. Like the video footage from this game is horizontal weighing. It played into Bill Belichick and the Pats master plan. The first time in 32 games that the Ravens haven't scored more than 20 points. The Bills Cardinals, as we've already mentioned, 32 Cardinals, Bills 30. Allen makes it to Diggs, then Murray makes it to Hopkins. Me and Tom go absolutely mental. The Cardinals have had 30 points in five straight games for the first time in about a decade for them. Murray has now had 6,000 passing yards and 1,000 rushing yards in his first 25 games. Only Cam Newton has done that. Yet Lamar Jackson, nope, only Cam Newton had those stats. Unbelievable start to his career. Finally, Monday Night Football saw so the Vikings beat the Bears by 19 points to three. Are the Vikings now making a run? Justin Jefferson, your man, your fancy will. He's oh, yeah. playing incredibly. 400-yard games, which is a tied second for the most as a Vikings rookie. Uh, Kirk won his first game on Monday Night Football in 10, which is the longest streak since wow. 2000. Um, we're, we're done now, but Chicago started 5-1. and one. They've now lost four straight. Um, not looking good for the Bears, who we were never too keen on. No, we, you in particular, Tom, were, were never, ever convinced by that kind of uh, Tabitsky-Foles duo 
in Chicago, and they kind of limps to win despite always having a negative point differential. And like I've told you, you can't surely get to the playoffs having a negative point differential, uh, and it proved to be the case. There were two games in there, which I want to say really screwed my hackers. Uh, <laughs> the, the first one, I had, a, I had a brilliant six anytime touchdown scorers I was really quite excited about. All it needed was DK Metcalf in great form uh, to score a touchdown, but he was completely locked up, as you said, by Jalen Ramsey. Uh, one of his most impressive games. He hardly even got a target, DK Metcalf. Yeah, and two the catches other, the whole game. Two catches the entire game. And the other one, which I'm going to put shared responsibility with Tom for this one, was I needed seven wins. The first six came through, leaving it only the Ravens to beat the Patriots on Sunday Night Football. And I was offered a bit of a cash out. And we went, no, 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 no. We've said for weeks how bad the Patriots are. Tom said for weeks, you know, it's the 30th game, the 31st consecutive game where the Ravens scored 20 points. And this was the one where they failed to. Uh, and it was a big win that for the Patriots, who are still kind of going nowhere uh, in their division. But you, you talked about that stat about uh, Russell Wilson, I mean, I've got it somewhere down here. Yeah, he's had 10 giveaways since week seven, the most in the NFL, the same player that after about five, six weeks was like guaranteed, nailed on, MVP, massive favourite. Can't be now, surely. Well, it all started the last time he played the Cardinals, we threw three picks, three, through three picks. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now he's playing them again tonight. Uh, yeah, it's, it's sort of slipping away from him, as I mentioned. That's an incredible stat. Another incredible stat that you mentioned before the show, Will, is that the Patriots, who did beat the Ravens and spoil Iraqa, have only had one receiving touchdown by a wide receiver all year. That is mind-blowing. Absolute madness. I mean, they've had so many targets over the years. Obviously, Julian Edelman is their biggest target over the last few years, and he's out injured. But regardless, just the fact that not a single play ended up throwing it to the wide receiver, that's shocking. The fact they've won any games in that period. Is, yeah. is crazy. They throw, they throw a lot of short passes at the running back. Cam Newton's got a few rushing touchdowns. But regardless, that's absolutely crazy. Um, can we quickly talk about this, this incident with the kicker in uh, Green Bay? Because there's this yeah. beautiful punt return by Keelan Cole. Punt returns, I would say, along with Hail Mary's and uh, yeah. some special teams plays, are some of the most beautiful things to watch in the NFL. When you see everything in special teams come together. So they block all the other kind of uh, players to make a perfect route for the fastest guy on the team to run a kind of 100-meter sprint effectively. But it gets to the point where the kicker's in a great position uh, or the punter in a great position to make the tackle. And he kind of body faints and then like effectively shies out the way. And there's two angles to this. And I think Pat McAfee, obviously a former NFL punter, has had a lot to say on this. One angle is you make the tackle. Or you at least make more of an attempt to make a tackle than you did. The other angle is your leg is one of the most valuable assets on that team. Yeah. And if you get injured, that can cost your team enough points over the rest of the season to cost them all kinds of games and playoff runs and, and opportunities. So surely, it's, is it worth just giving up that touchdown to preserve your own health? Where do you sound this, Tom? Because it was kind of sad seeing all these players put their bodies on the line for their team and then the kicker really did nothing. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was a nice little move, you know. Like, Keenan Cole's rapid. Yeah, he's true. actually burning towards this guy who's not actually paid to run or tackle or be athletic. Um, and it's a nice little body thing. Like, he does go, go right and left, which is the exact same move that Kyler Murray does to get rid of the defensive lineman for the Hail Mary, not to mention that play again. Yeah. But that's the exact same move that Kyler Murray did. Stood up the Bills player. Uh, but the, yeah, he gets absolutely stood up. Yeah. And it, it goes down as one of the least athletic plays I've ever seen. Yeah. Second only to Philip Rivers last week. Oh, yeah. He just sort of flopped over after an interception. Again, you sort of wonder, is it worth him trying to make the tackle and get injured? The quarterback's worth so much. But at the same time, you're like, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. But also, it's funny. Yeah, it is. It is funny. Those are the main things I have kind of coming out of that. I do think the Vikings are making a real charge, yeah. um, which is exciting, that division. We, we, we were so surprised starting off. How poor they were. I thought we already talked on this show last year about Kirk Cousins getting over his kind of primetime thing, but I didn't realize he still hadn't won <laughs> Monday night football. Nine well, straight. Maybe night. it was sort of like a Thursday night. He must have won a Thursday or Sunday night game, but, but still not won a Monday night football. So good for Kirk uh, in that regard. Uh, so that kind of brings us up to our halftime show. And there's something I messaged Tom about during the weekend, I think, which is teams that we've kind of slept on and teams that have been overhyped. Overhyped teams, I think we haven't massively overhyped anyone too much. I was very, very excited about the Seahawks and maybe let go of their, or chose to ignore their defensive deficiencies when yeah. I was doing so. 
But in terms of sleeper teams, for me, the big ones up there are teams like the Colts. Uh, and who else I have in that bracket? The Colts. And you could say the Raiders, I guess. I thought there was one more I had. There definitely was one more team that we missed. Uh, well, the Dolphins, possibly. Well, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. There was one that you highlighted that I completely agreed with. Was Did they have a bye this week? That's why they're not on our list. Uh, Bears, Points, Giants, Bills. Who was it? There was, there was, for me, I mean, 100% the Colts. Colts got the best defense in football. Yeah. Um, they absolutely blew the Titans away in the end. I think it's taken Philip Rivers longer than maybe some people uh, would have hoped to learn the playbook, but now he has learned it, and the defense is so strong. Um, they're definitely a team that I think will comfortably reach the playoffs. The other team is the Rams. The Rams. Yeah. Because they, they, they just haven't had the storylines going with them. You've had the 49s of all the injuries. You've had that lightning start by the Seahawks and Russell Wilson MVP vibes. And then you've got everything going on in Arizona, which is so exciting. And you've got the Rams, which obviously only made win the Super Bowl you know, two years ago. Uh, hardly talked about. But they've casually got the 6-3. and three, um, And absolutely another chance of winning that division. And you know, there's so many divisional games still to play. Uh, so the Rams are currently tied with the Seahawks and Cardinals effectively all on six and three um, but the Cardinals are top on divisional record but yeah they've definitely kind of gone under the radar just about it's interesting how those two teams the Colts and the Rams we've mentioned how there's some quarterbacks that you get ex- like last week how there's some quarterbacks you get excited about and some that you don't neither the Colts nor the Rams have really that exciting quarterback Jared Goff mm-hmm. has take, taken number one overall which is yeah. insane Rivers was taken number two overall which is mental back in back in the day, yeah. <laughs> and it might be that they just don't have that sort of explosive firepower from quarterback, which is so entertaining for the viewers, for me and you to watch. But actually, if you look at their defense. You mentioned the Colts have the number one defense on so many metrics, and the Rams with uh, Jalen Ramsey at cornerback and with Aaron Donald at defensive tackle have sort of the best combo of yeah. sort of the big power players on defense, I think, in the league. But the problem with the Rams is they're obviously in, as we say, the best league in football. And the benefit for the Colts is they're in a really weak division. But I, I mentioned it a few weeks ago. I think the Colts are such a good setup. They're just a great quarterback away from me, a great team. You know, like Philip Rivers, he's doing a job at the moment. Yeah. But, you know, if, he could, if they could get in someone in electric, someone in free agency next year, I don't know, like Matt Ryan or someone, I don't know that could just convert them. And we will see how it goes for them. Maybe they'll make a run in the playoffs. Bill Rivers has got that experience. Yeah. I want to mention overhyped teams. We, we haven't overhyped too many. Certainly what teams that were overhyped were, oh no, some sort of alarms going off, um, were the, the Titans when yeah. they were 5-0. and oh. They have slumped. Like if you, when Derek Henry was getting trundling, everyone was like, these guys are insane. They have absolutely slumped. They were my sort of my big one. And obviously, yeah, yeah we mentioned the Bears who lost four straight now. Yeah, the Titans have gone from being five and oh to being one and three in their last uh the last four games. Obviously it looked it looks pretty pretty at six and three, but that doesn't really tell the whole story. No. Um in terms of those that what are you talking about the Colts though? Yes, young Diamond Corbett. I've heard rumours of Sam Donald. Ooh. Oh my goodness, that could be it. In free agency because you think about it, if he doesn't get a new contract with the Jets, they bring in Trev, and you can learn for a year behind Philip Rivers. That, for me, sounds kind of perfect for him. Also, I think Sam Donald actually would quite suit the kind of slightly smaller market, slightly less attention on him, more yeah. time to kind of make the mistakes he has to make without there being a massive spotlight of New York on him. Um, that could be very interesting. But yeah, the Colts definitely are one, big, one exciting quarterback away. Um, for me, not if it isn't doing a great job right now, six and three, but they think they know they can go further. Yeah. What about Derek Henry? He is still on track. Uh, I've got to say this in my preview, but you might as well say it now. He's still on track for 1,600 yards, which would basically mean averaging 100 yards a game, um, <laughs> which would be a phenomenal record. I think he'd be the first player to do it. Uh, or first player to do it two straight years um, for like, no, 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 like 15 insane. years. Um, but obviously, it still relies on lot of, uh, lots of other elements of that team. I'm not sure the Titans' defense is quite good enough. A lot of those wins, I remember us saying, actually, when they were 5-0, and I remember me saying that I thought they a bit overhyped. A lot of those wins were by between five and seven points. They weren't yeah. blowing teams away, the Titans. Um, and I'm not convinced that down the stretch, uh, they'll be there. Well, they'll, be, they'll be there in the playoffs, I'm sure, because of their record's probably strong enough. But they're now behind the Colts in that division. If you also got to think that the Ravens are surely going to get a playoff spot, 
uh, in that division with the Steelers. The Browns are on the same record as the Ravens, six and three. Then you've got the Chiefs and Dolphins coming out. The Titans are very much not guaranteed the playoffs uh, unless they improve their record, especially if the Colts move on. So the more close and closer we get, obviously we're week 10 now. We've got six more weeks to the playoffs. The closer we get, the more that becomes relevant game by game. Um, and the Rams, I was going to say, the Rams still have to play the Cardinals twice. So those two games will massively decide uh, how that division goes out in the West. We'll uh, love to see Aaron Darnold against little Kyler Murray. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, when we saw we saw him against Tua, uh, and uh, yeah, they got away with that one. The uh, the uh, Miami won that one, didn't they? Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So he yeah, faced he faced him. Let's see if he can get closer to Kyler Murray over two games. They but, must be one of the happiest franchises in NFL at the moment. The Dolphins, like they couldn't have wished for a better season so far. Oh yeah, especially, I mean, especially how they've done the last few seasons. The fact they're very, not not just like comfortably seconds. They're only a game off. The Bills. Yeah, yeah, the, Bills have got a, the Bills have got a bye this week. If the Dolphins win this week, they'll be level on seven yeah. and three, which yeah. is phenomenal. And they've won five straight games, the Dolphins. And the games they've got coming up, they've got Broncos, they get to play the Jets, then they get to play the Bengals. I mean, that's, that's three games that could take them from six and three to nine and three. Uh, and then they've, I remember I was saying they've got a bit of a tougher end. They've got Chiefs, Patriots not looking great, Raiders, Bills. And that last game against the Bills could honestly decide the division, which would be incredible if the Dolphins with Tua to win yeah. the division. Because oh. we've seen the Bills have got facilities in some, in, in, in some departments. So that would be phenomenal. But my, my point about like they're so happy. Like, they couldn't have imagined it to go better for like, the fact they're bringing in this rookie quarterback. Not quite sure what's going to happen. Big decision to leave out Fitz. And it's just starting to work for them, which is like literally beyond their wildest dreams in terms of planning for the future. Yeah. So that's, that, that, that's the halftime show. But yeah, overhyped teams and uh, sleeper teams. That's very exciting to see where the Rams... Uh, the Vikings, I'd say, are not quite on the same level. Uh, yeah, we thought they'd be good before the season. Yeah, uh, we did. Yeah, they haven't, they haven't been slept on, I guess. But they are on a bit of a run. They're kind of the, the biggest team who have kind of come out of nowhere at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, with Darwin Cook. just and, and obviously, Kirk Cousins getting the swing of things. And definitely should be doing better than they are and could make a late run for the playoffs. But on to the previews. And Thursday night football is where it starts. I asked Tom, is he going to be up? And he made some excuses about being tired, but I don't, I don't really buy him. Uh-huh. He's sitting at home all day. I mean, uh, for me, the, this, this game's the one to watch. And we, so we actually were talking just before the show about how it's one of those games where I can't just go to sleep knowing it's going on and watch the highlights in the morning. I want to see at least the first half uh, of Kyler Murray testing himself in Seattle against Russell Wilson. I wanted to talk about their comparisons of their, their seasons so far, because actually when you looked at it, there was a little comparison on the NFL up, which is an unbelievable app for stats. And every other league is, every other sport is lagging behind the NFL in terms of what they have in terms of those kind of apps and stats. But if you look at their comparisons, you would find it pretty surprising that Russell Wilson was so clearly the one that was uh, kind of lauded as an MVP candidate. They're both six and three. They've both got 69% pass completion. They're slightly more yards per game by Russell Wilson, about 15 yards per game. 27 touchdowns for Kyler, 29 for Russell, but then eight interceptions for Kyler, 10 for Russell. They're, they're neck and neck, basically, with similar records. I can't wait to see them play tonight. Yeah, honestly, it's so exciting. And the Cardinals on a bit of a hot run as well with the Seahawks. Back-to-back defeats? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, maybe the one in three? The uh, one and three in the last four? The Seahawks, they've lost, they lost last, lost words. They've lost the last two. Yeah. Uh, obviously, they lost to the Rams. They lost to the Bills. Yeah. They beat the 49ers, but yeah. then they lost the other game to the Cardinals. So, yeah. yeah. So, so they're, they're... This game, they only beat the Vikings by one. So, wow. yeah. So, they're one and, one and three in the last four since last playing the Cardinals. So, they are on a downward slip. And in that division, we've mentioned you can't slip for too long because the teams are coming up from behind and you literally can't afford any sort of lapses. <clears throat> Excuse me. It's just basically going to, and the Seahawks defense isn't getting any better, it, despite the fact that your your boy Jamal Adams is back now. It's yeah. insane how badly that defense is. The sort of the stats that you throw out for the Seahawks surprise you so much, and it sort of makes you think about how having a great quarterback really does cover up the cracks in a team. Yeah. So Russell Wilson, we mentioned his turnover is. Turnovers and takeaways. I just mixed up two words there. Um, 
I think that's a factor because he's being asked to do it all. You know what I mean? So it's all yeah. on his shoulders because the defence is so bad. Chris Carson, their main running back, he's injured. So they don't really have a running game as such. Which they they don't all. Tyler Murray has more rushing touchdowns than the Seahawks this season. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, and this is the problem for the Seahawks. And it sort of shows that having a great quarterback does cover up the cracks. Uh, this is a point I was actually going to make in my Cowboys preview about how much of a mess they're in. And how actually Dak covered up a lot of their cracks. Oh, yeah. Now there's no Dak. It's sort of but like all for all to see. And I wonder, I think it'd be a similar situation in Seattle if Russ went down. It'd be absolute chaos. I agree. The Seahawks, I'm just looking at, have, have the weirdest schedule left in football. They've got seven games left to play, and they're only playing the NFC West and the NFC East. Oh. So they play the Cardinals tonight, obviously. Then their next four games, oh, sorry, and the AFC East, sorry. They've got the Cardinals. Then they've got Eagles, Giants, Jets, Washington, which is pretty weird. And then they've got Rams and, and 49ers. So they, after this game, they've got a massive, you know, free hit of, of four games where they should get easily four wins. Eagles, Giants, Jets, Washington. And then they finish with Rams 49ers. So this is a, definitely a game for them to win. So then finish through that stretch, hopefully still be in the running come those last two games against Rams and 49ers. But this division is going absolutely down to the wire. Picking this game, Tom, I think you're going to pick your Cardinals, surely. I think I am. I think I am. We, we've, we've that would watch, watch us, honestly. We have slated the Seahawks. We've slated Russ Wilson. We've bigged up the Cardinals for literally half an hour. Yeah. And we're going to watch him get absolutely trounced in Knowing Seahawks. us. Knowing <laughs> us. This would be the equivalent of us saying the Patriots were going to get run all over by Baltimore. Um, yeah, honestly. I, well, I, no, I honestly think the Cardinals can. It will be an upset still in Seattle, I think. Um, but they're on a hot run. They've beaten Seattle, they beat the Bills, and they had a bye in their last four. I'm going to go Cardinals quite, com- quite happily, but I'll also not be surprised if I get it wrong. <laughs> ah, that's a lot of fencing there. You're right. They, 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 did, they did beat the Seahawks uh, the 37-34 in overtime, that epic game back in October. Um, that was the Cardinals, so I got that win against the Seahawks. Uh, for me, I think, this is a, I think the Seahawks will be hyped for this. I think they'll be yeah, like, we they are have the to. They have to. in this division. Because remember, for years, the Seahawks have been this team that division. The Rams haven't been good for that long. The 49ers have been poor for a very long time. And the Cardinals haven't competed for either. So their, their dominance is slowly slipping away. I don't think they'll be ready to do that. Saying that, they are 6-3. and three, They are second in the division. But I'm going to pick the Seahawks just so it's a, one of us go each way. Um, but I'm just excited for, for what I think will be a great game. A great game like the Bengals against Washington, Tom? Uh, absolutely not. We can we can we can Drew Brees through this quite quickly. Um, my first point is just ha, if it wasn't for Joe Burrow, it certainly wouldn't be a game to watch. And even with Joe Burrow, it's not top of the list. The only thing I'm slightly excited about is potential for Alex Smith to get his first win, returning as a starting quarterback. Yeah, these two teams going in opposite directions. The Washington is still a bit of a mess with um, their quarterback situation. Bengals are on a, with trajectory. But I don't know. I'd like to see. I'd really. I like seeing Joe Burrow do well, but I also like seeing Alex Smith do well. Uh, for me, I'd love to take um, Washington here. Yep, that's that's fair. I think I'll take the Bengals uh, yeah. just to have again mix that up. The Bengals seem more put together than any NFC East team, uh, which I wouldn't have said <laughs> coming off coming off their season last Why year. Why have I just taken Washington? No, I'm, we're both you, going. You, no, no, you you it's like no, you excited about Alex Smith, Tom. No, I, 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 I would like to see him do it. I don't think he will. <laughs> right. Okay, a bit of a backtrack there from Tom. Massive, massive U-turn. Massive backtrack. Uh, Steelers, Jags. The Steelers have won nine straight. The Jaguars have lost eight straight. So in the NFL, weird, weirder things have happened. Uh, and the Jaguars famously beat the Steelers in that run they had uh, to the AFC playoff game. But no, uh, this will be a comfortable win the Steelers a chance for them to go 10-0 and 0, which is pretty insane Incredible. also a massive opportunity for the Dolphins to continue their unbeaten streak as they come up against the Broncos who are quickly becoming as I said an outside chance at playoffs in whenever we did it in August and with Drew Locke being the potential for um, MVP they're now slipping and sliding away from that estimation especially in their tough division uh, Dolphin with a real chance to go six straight wins do the Broncos now just accept their demise and start looking towards the offseason? What yeah. sort of corrections they need to start making? I honestly think there's not a whole lot of things to correct. Potentially coaching, potentially quarterback. Those are the two sort of um, areas for improvement. They've got a bit of a run game. 
They've got great offensive weapons. If Von Miller comes back, they've got a bit of a defense. Um, I think Dolphins going to win this. And Tua is going to make a late comeback for Offensive Rookie of the Year with that sort of run of games we know he's got coming up. Yeah, the late comeback often. Justin Herbert was obviously one of the most talented, along with Joe Burrow, for that award. Have you seen Justin Herbert's new trim, Tom? Uh, mate, he looks about 12 years old. He looks, he looks very streamlined. But uh, again, yes, very kind of prepubescent. I'm not a fan. I kind of like, I like the long kind of Oregon uh, look he was rocking before. Uh, very beachy kind of LA. I'm not sure about what he's gone for. He's very spotty, isn't he? For he a, is. He for, is. A, for an NFL starting quarterback with his shaved head, he looks completely out of place. He does. I'm, I'm a massive, um, what's the word? Not, it begins with an S where I... Superstitious, and yes. he hasn't cut it since it 2017. Okay, his hair, Ooh. and it's been a good run since then. Like everything's been good. It's a big decision to cut off all of that. Well, you know Chuck what, Tom? Not- when when you get when you're previewing Jets Chargers, I want that to be your reason why you're going to pick the Jets. <laughs> win. That, that's that that haircut cut, haircut cut, that haircut <laughs> by Justin haircut. Herbert. Uh, but meanwhile, Titans Ravens, I've got here. Uh, both picking the Dolphins for that Dolphins-Broncos game. Titans-Ravens, uh, Baltimore off that kind of gutting def- gutting loss to the Patriots um, that no one saw coming, especially not me, Michael or Tom. Uh, <laughs> Baltimore had an incredibly tight defense this year, only conceding 18 points per game. Uh, Titans obviously got that powerful, powerful run game, uh, but I still think with Titans losing three of the last four games, I think that's going to continue. Uh, I'm, I'm going to pick the Ravens to come back and win this one. Yeah, I think both going to pick the Ravens. Ravens, of course, have got front runner for a Pro Bowl in their defence now. So, oh yeah, of course, <laughs> get voting for that. Um, from one outstanding running back, Derek Henry, who's on track for a great year, to another, uh, Dalvin Cook for the Vikings, taking on the dishevelled Cowboys. Who I think we're just glad to have a bit of a break with their bye week last yeah. last week. Um, it's another chance for Dalvin Cook to stack up some more yards and some more fancy points. Thank goodness it's not on me um, this week. But though, that being said, a little mention of fantasy in the Vikings, I needed eight, I needed Justin Jefferson to just get eight points or less in my matchup against Will. He went on to get 21 and a half. So I, I, I hold my hands up there. That rookie is having an outstanding season. Um, and I've all, yeah, I mentioned it earlier in the Seahawks preview. The fact that the Cowboys are in such a mess was sort of covered up maybe for years, maybe for last year as well, by the fact that Dak is so good and maybe this sort of increases his stock at Dallas the fact that he's injured actually shows how big of a loss he is yeah. in the franchise we haven't actually talked about our, our little fancy matchup yet Tom no uh, we'll move on to Lions Panthers I reckon yeah <laughs> no no I think I won that by about 12 points uh, I'm trying to think about where it went wrong for you Michael Thomas Tom Michael Thomas is where Honestly, it went wrong what a waste first four, round draft pick so you've, you've been lamenting it pretty much all season Oh. Uh, can't guard Mike, can't get points no. uh, for you at the moment. Also tough. The Ravens only got you one point on defense. Uh, that didn't help you much either. Uh, Against the team that threw one, thrown one receiving touchdown all year. You're joking me. Yeah, yeah. But also a massive game by Tyler Bass. My kicker got me 20 points. That, that helps. That uh, for Buffalo. Anyway, you, as you said, we should move on uh, and I won't be seeing you in the playoffs. Anyway, Lions, Lions Panthers... Uh, uh, I predict the Lions Panthers. These are two teams that I think are both heading uh, for a kind of eighth to sixteenth draft pick kind of thing. Like yeah. not the worst seasons. Both have a huge amount to work on. Not not kind of embarrassingly bad, but also not in the shout with the playoffs. Uh, Carolina have really slipped the last few weeks. Actually, they started three and two, slightly kind of against our uh, suspicions or against our uh, expectations because of Christian McCaffrey being out. But then they've since lost five straight games. I think I'll pick the Lions to win this one, but I'm not massively looking out for it. Perfectly happy picking the Panthers here. William back at home. Lions, maybe that's as another quarterback that's sort of covering up some, some, some cracks. Matthew Stafford, maybe like, imagine if they didn't have him. Yeah. Unless they'd be in. Um, On to the Packers versus the Colts. This is a very exciting matchup, actually. The Colts' great defense against Aaron Rodgers, who's cooking and sort of leading the race now for MVP against Russell Wilson. We'll see how Russ does tonight. And it's a really fun matchup, actually, between Philip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers, two sort of legends of the game going up at it. I think this is going to be a tougher one to call than most people think. It's in Indianapolis. 
the Packers, and with the, with the possibility of the Saints slipping up with Drew Brees getting injured, are going to want to try and assert their dominance to try and make a push for that number one seed in the NFC. What do you reckon? I mean, we've, we've mentioned that we've sung the Colts' praises today. Yeah, the, the Colts were very impressive against the Titans, but I think the Packers are a different outfit. Uh, Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and, and uh, Aaron Rodgers, I think, are kind of... If you, if you had to pick a kind of threesome, like ultimate threesome from teams where you pick their quarterback, running back, and wide receiver core, and it's kind of like used to be five-a-side teams for football. That is probably yeah. one of the strongest in the NFL, uh, in my view. So I'm incredibly excited to see them play again and really be tested up against the Colts. Uh, for me, I'm probably just about picking the Packers, but I think it's be a very tight game. I wouldn't be shocked to see the Colts cause a bit of an upset here. I'm going to go for the Colts. Yeah? Yeah. yeah. Your, your man, Aaron? My man, Aaron. I, do, I do enjoy Aaron Rodgers Tuesdays. Yeah. Well, that, that's a big one for us then. Packers, Colts, I'm picking the Packers, Tom's picking the Colts. Eagles, Browns. The Browns yet again, I don't know why, the Browns are yet again playing another team with a shit record. <laughs> you probably get them to another win. Wait, but, these are uh, a division leader. <laughs> yeah, against a division leader. I just wait for the Eagles, to, sorry, the Browns to play Baltimore and uh, Pittsburgh to just be kind of brought back down to earth. But for now, yeah, this is the 28th best passing team against the 30th best passing team because the Browns are all about that run game. And the Eagles cannot protect Carson Wentz. Uh, I'm probably going to pick the Browns because they do manage to beat the shit teams quite comfortably. Uh, so I'm picking the Browns to win that one. But again, not massively excited about that. No, I think that's a game to miss, for being honest. I think they take the Browns as well. It's that run that Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb is an unbelievable combination. Yeah. Can you believe that the Seahawks picked a different running back over Nick Chubb in the draft? Yeah. And I yeah. don't even know his name. That's yeah. how badly a decision that was. Uh, Chiefs Raiders, this is a very exciting in-division matchup. Raiders obviously won the last game these two played in Arrowhead. The Raiders are now 6-3 and three and starting to put together a little playoff run, maybe. They're at home in Vegas, which, if my memory serves me correctly, they haven't been great at New Stadium. Yeah, one of completely them empty. yeah it's completely empty. That's the thing. Um, um, against the Chiefs, this is a big one for the LA, LV Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. I could see an upset here, you know. I could see Vegas going 2-0 and against the Chiefs. Yeah, well, for me, Darren Waller is my new favourite tight end in the NFL because uh, he has absolutely stacked points for me uh, yeah. in fantasy. But then I also have uh, Tyreek Hill. So it's a, it's a tricky one for me in that sense. I think the Chiefs are just so strong. I don't think the Raiders have actually ever put together more than two of one result yet this season. So it's been two wins, two losses, two wins, two losses. Yeah, um, for me, I think the Chiefs will be out for vengeance. I think it'll be the first time the Raiders have turned, turned over the Chiefs as in won both games in their division for over 10 years. So that would be huge for them if they would to pull that off. But I think Patrick Mahomes in a big empty stadium will actually just thrive and I think it'll be quite comfortable uh, for the Chiefs in that one. You're going to pick the Raiders though. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sensing an upset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A few, a few, a few alternative picks here. Patriots, Texans. Uh, I think the Patriots should have picked up the Sean Watson uh, <laughs> when it was when it was possible instead of Cam Newton because the Sean Watson's had a fantastic season. Weirdly enough, despite the Texans only winning three games, his actual stats is all about the you know, Texans defense that has let them down uh, massively. The Patriots are third in rushing in this in the NFL currently. Houston had the worst run defense in the NFL. And for that reason, I think you've got to pick the Patriots to win this one. But two very poor teams in comparison to where you think these teams were just two years ago. Well, it would have been a massive coup if they'd gone in and got the Deshaun Watson. Especially, he did sign that, well, not even a long deal, a lucrative deal yeah. in the offseason. And it's just not a very Patriots thing to do, is it? We all no. wanted them to do it, go and get the star quarterback. But maybe, as Bill said a few weeks ago, they sold out for the last five years got three Super Bowls and they're in a rebuild and they don't actually need or they don't want Deshaun Watson at the helm. It's a re- I don't think this is a game that I'm going to watch necessarily. It'll be on red zone and I'm not sure there'll be too many highlight plays. You're taking the Patriots. I think I'll take the Patriots as well and move swiftly onto a much more juicier matchup because there could be points on show here as the Rams play against the Buccaneers. It's the first time I think Brady, I say there's going to be points on show. It's the first time Brady, I think, is playing the Rams since the most boring Super Bowl in my whole time of watching football. Oh, yeah. Um, so that, that's, and first time Gronk will play against them again since he scored that touchdown. That, the touchdown already just set up a field goal. Probably just set up a field goal. Um, uh, but for me, this, both, I think, yeah. For me, this is a real good litmus test 
to determine mm-hmm. the seriousness of these two teams. The Rams are a team that we slept on. The Bucks are a team that are massively hyped in the offseason. And this is a matchup where you can say they're going to go deep in the playoffs. They're not going to go deep in the playoffs. The Bucks obviously got blown apart by the Saints last time they played them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they are not off the back of too many great victories, uh, too, too many great performances. The Rams may be creeping up the estimation. This is giving up too close to call for me, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think it's going to be really close. We two teams that haven't been consistent all the way through, despite both being you know, six and three. The Bucks might be seven and two, actually. Um, but yeah, despite not being particularly consistent, there's not been quite enough hype to say they're definitely going to Super Bowl. I know that the Bucks are, McAfee's, uh, I think they're his pick to win the Super Bowl. He was from the very start once he saw the kind of lineup that they had. For me, it's going to be a very, very tight game, I think. Um, high scoring, you know, it could be, could be quite like that matchup between the Rams and the Saints a couple of years ago, whatever, or was it last season? Where ended up being, you know, what was it, 55 to 54 or something insane. Uh, for me, Rams, Bucks, I'm going to pick the Bucks to win this one, but I think it'll be a close game. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the, the Rams, actually. Nice. Um, I just think I really like Jalen Ramsey and Aaron Donald, you know, like, yeah. as a defensive front. And also, their other cornerbacks are sneaky good. This guy called Williams got a really nice pick of Russell Wilson, and he's just. They, there was a mic'd up moment. The NFL does a brilliant thing called mic'd up where they just literally, yeah, give mics to a load of the players and they play the game with these mics on. That the Premier League did would be insane. It'd be like, oh. Oh, yeah. Um, and it just gives you so many insights. And so one of them was this, this guy getting this pick and he rushes off and everyone's like, oh, no one knows your name. Everyone sleeps on <laughs> you. But here, you're, this is why you're here. And he's like, this is why I'm here. Yeah. Kind of thing. It was like, quite cool because obviously you are playing next to Jalen Ramsey, one of the best, maybe the best, well, most paid corner. Yeah, I like the yeah. Rams' defense, and I think with Sean McVeigh managing the offense, these guys can make a really big state. It's a big statement to be the Bucks here. Yeah, no, massive. So that's interesting. I've gone for Bucks. You've gone for Rams. I think it'll be close. I quite like them. you've sold me on the Rams there a little bit, but I will not, <laughs> I will not backtrack. I will stick with the Bucks. Last two games for us: Falcons, Saints. The only thing that makes this interesting or makes well, it's always interesting is a divisional game, but. James Winston coming in for the Saints. What can he do? What has he got in these kind of five, six games, however long Drew Brees will be out to really prove himself, to resell really himself? Obviously, you know, one-year contract, a very low-paying one-year contract. So it really is uh, kind of succeed or bust for him at yeah. this point. I mean, he might go on, I guess, to have another couple of seasons as backup quarterbacks, but that won't be his aim. His aim, having been former Heisman Trophy winner, number one pick, will be to kind of be another franchise quarterback again like he was at the Bucks. So... Huge for him in this game. The Saints have won six straight. Will obviously help him. I think it really helps when you've got a backup quarterback coming into an organization that's been successful. Um, a lot harder coming into one where they've been failing already. Uh, it's kind of happened to Joe Flacco and the Jets. For me, I think I'm still going to pick the Saints to win. But Matt Ryan, oh, you know, mm, you love the Falcons. Do, I do. Love the weirdly love the Falcons, and they've improved uh, last couple, last two or three weeks. And their, their offense has never been. Uh, they've had a bye just gone. They've won two of the last straight. Oh, you know what? I'm switching up. No, I'm going Falcons. I'm going Falcons. I mean, James Winston's going to throw four picks. Uh, <laughs> uh, and I'm going to go Falcons. You've written both Saints. You're Saints. I'm Falcons. That's it. It's big pressure on James, you know? Like, really yeah, big pressure. Huge pressure. That's what I'm thinking. Huge pressure. <laughs> Luckily, he's against the Falcons' defense, so I don't think it'll be a problem. True, true. Uh, <laughs> on to the last game of the week. I'm not going to, d- despite my claim about sort of Justin Herbert's Samson-esque hair maybe being the source of his strength. I can't see him getting defeated by the Jets. It's his chance for only his second win, though. We talk about how well he's playing, but it was real pressure on the Chargers, actually. If they lose this, it's a real big disaster, really. And the coaching staff will be really under pressure. But I put there's a chance for the Chargers to put together another win, and it might take some of the pressure off the coaching staff. Um, and it's a chance for the Jets to move closer to Trevor Lawrence. One game. Closer to being 0 16, Will. Well, the Jets have got to really watch out for the Jaguars because <laughs> the, Jag- the Jaguars have won two and they're off to play Pittsburgh. Let's say the Jets scrape to a, a, a really boring two point win in this game. They've won a game, knowing full well the Jaguars are taking Trevor with the first pick, 100%. Yeah, yeah. They, they can't afford to win too many games. <laughs> but it, it's a horrible thing to say. And look, I, I would love it if the Jets won the last five games. I'm not rooting for them to lose. And I, you can't do that as a fan. And I think very few fans would honestly enjoy that. And nor, nor would they enjoy them going not on 16. I think the ideal scenario for the Jets, they win the last couple of games of the season, they have a bit of confidence. They've already secured the number one pick. 
Yeah. yeah. At the same time, I like Herbert. I like the Chargers. I found it gutting how they've lost games this year. Having been leading, they'd lost games last year by like two, three points so consistently. Um, and I think they will quite comfortably beat the Jets in this one, who are such a mess at the moment. <laughs> and that is it. That wraps That's up. It. A very good show, considering a week where we didn't think there'd be a whole... Well, the, the big talking points focused massively on the Cardinals and that sort of that game there. But it's been a really good show. I've thoroughly enjoyed it, Will. Another show over Zoom. A few less technical difficulties this time. Um, but, yeah, on to the next one. Yeah, tonight's going to be a lot of fun. I think tonight will be a lot of fun. I'm sure we'll be texting for a little part of it, at least. Uh, and hopefully, only one more week over Zoom before we find out if we're allowed to uh, reconvene again somewhat, somewhat in person, obviously at two-metre distance. Or maybe in a park or uh, somewhere in the outdoors, bring a bit of atmosphere to us. But, yeah. Hope you've enjoyed. Hope you keep watching those clips we're putting on. We might even put that clip on of the 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 uh, Hail Mary because it was so incredible. And we did describe it in such depth uh, at the top of the show. But yeah, I hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, it was fun beating Tom in, in fancy this week, and uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll hear from you next week. Mahomes. Timing route down the sideline. It's caught. Touchdown. Brady pumps. Looking for Brown deep. And throwing for Brown. He's got it at the 30, the 20.